You are listening to the Unlikely Felon Podcast, episode number 12. Welcome to the Unlikely Felon Livestream. This show is peppered with humor, entertains with inspiration, and presents real solutions to post-traumatic recovery. Here is your host, author, speaker, and mistake maker, W.C. Young. Welcome to the show. I hope wherever you are, it's great weather and a great day. Today, uh, I wanted to talk about personality assessments and what to do with the data and, and how that can impact your comeback. But it's funny, you know, some personalities, it, it's always a great day for them. And then there's others where it's always a bad day or the worst day of their life. But we'll we'll get into more of that. Um, hope you had a great week. I know uh, busy week. I was at a conference and it was so good to be back and, and shaking hands with people and, and not wearing a mask and being able to read faces. Because for me, with my interaction with people, I really I have to be able to see their face and and see their reactions. And I read body language and all that good stuff. And it was just so hard with the pandemic over the last uh, the last couple of years. So I thought I also saw this quote. I thought it was a great fit for the podcast. Is trauma creates change you don't choose. Healing is about creating change you do choose. That's Michelle Rosenthal and. That's what I really I wanted to do with this podcast is is say things happen to you, but how do we how do we make those changes? How do we come back? So I promised some not really negative feedback I'd talk about, but I thought this was a really interesting question. It came in. It said, I don't get how you were able to use the estate money, or was it your money since your grandparents had passed away? And this is from Patricia in Arkansas. And it was a great question. The reality is that, yes, we did have permission to use the money from uh, step relatives that were involved. And we, um, and, and my grandfather did pass away before my, my uh, grandmother. Long story short, um, they had multiple marriages before they were married and things. But um, yes, we did inherit the money and the assets. But there were some things that happened along the way that would have been overcome if we would have really followed the letter of law and and done all the things that we were supposed to do. So it was a great question. It's kind of a yes or or no answer to it. But the reality is we just didn't do the best job we could with those details. So thank you so much. Keep that feedback coming. And for for any of you who've purchased The Unlikely Felon, thank you so much. Kay and I are so blessed and just so, so grateful. On today's show, I mentioned it's all about personality. And is your personality the problem? And when I say a problem, is it holding you back from some things? Have you ever taken some of those popular personality tests? And the nice thing is, I tell you what, the last couple of years, there's been some really good advancements in the process. And and maybe most importantly is what they tell you to do with the data. But I'll be your guinea pig and I'll go through some of my results and tie them into yours. And, and really, I want to make the argument for why you should be taking these assessments and then why you should be using that data to make improvements. And then in this week's what we should have done segment, I'm going to change it a little bit. I'm, I want to talk about uh, Graham and Gramps, but in particular, I want to talk about Gramps. He had one of the most pleasant personalities you could ever be around. Just incredible. And as I reflected on it, I got, it got me thinking why and how was he like that? How was he able to do that? So I'll answer that, that question. Inspiration from, uh, I thought it's, it's the soccer season. Uh, both my, my little ones, they, they play soccer. And I want to talk about Lionel Messi. 
um, if you don't know soccer, he's one of the superstars in it and, uh, talk about some inspiration there and then finish. As I mentioned, what you, you have these test results and it's telling you something. And now what do I do with the results? How do I make this happen? Let me start with, with my results and, and no, you're a, <laughs> I, I kid around your personality probably isn't the problem, but maybe it is. And, and you know who you are. I, I don't have to point you out. You know that maybe your personality is causing some challenges for you at the office or in your business or in your relationships. And the thing that I want to get across is the better you know yourself, probably the better opportunities that you're going to have. But the three tests I like the best, and of course, there's probably what a thousand out there, are DISC, Strength Finders, and the Enneagram. I hope I'm saying that right. Enneagram, uh, which is a newer one. I think it's great for emotional intelligence. And I want to get into more emotional intelligence on some future cast, but, uh, and there's some great people here in the Western United States, Colleen Stanley, phenomenal on, on emotional intelligence. But one of the things the Enneagram does that really helps you tie into that and how you relate to other people. So why would you take a test? <laughs> what the heck's the point of that? Well, number one, let's look at it through business and professional reasons. Number one reason that people are doing it in the office environment is to discover their team strengths and their blind spots. Number two, improve communication and how the team collaborates, reduce turnover. It's amazing if you do it right from the start with somebody, you assess them and make sure that they're going to fit with your team. You make a really good fit and then you reduce your turnover. And last, of course, you're going to save time and money because not only are you hiring and bringing the right people into your team, but maybe you're even implementing the right tools so that team, the different personalities work together really well. Uh, and, and what about the importance for you personally? You, you don't you don't take it the office or you don't need to, but what about for you personally, for your life? I think these tests are great because they show your individual strengths and that might, and a lot of times that enables professionals to, 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 to determine where their talents are, what's, where they're best served. The greater knowledge you have, of course, of your personality, you can discover how you handle certain social situations, you know, where your challenges may come up. I, I use the word hot buttons. Can anybody relate to that? Do you have a, a wife, husband, mother, father, sister, brother, friend, uh, coworker, boss, and they say certain things and it just sends you over the edge. <laughs> You're like, holy cow. And I'll even say, you know, to my wife, I'll say, You're hitting my hot button. We'll say that to each other. And it, it is, it's, it, but it's knowing what are those hot buttons and why, why is that doing that to me? Why is it making me so emotionally either angry or the other side? quiet or, or introverted. And it also helps you find maybe your career or job that's the best fit for you personally. So why do I like DISC? It tends to help. I just want to run through this real quick. It tends to help with work and career probably the most. The DISC profile is still one of the most popular assessments out there. It's used across all different types of companies of all different sizes and all industries. And, and I think the reason is it, it tends to give you really objective data that allows you to, to, um, kind of isolate some of those common factors, especially with a company, they can try to figure out, okay, what are the common factors for our high performers? And what are those factors for our low performers? Now, DISC, what does it stand for? Well, it's four personality styles and that, that made up this model of behavior. D is dominance. I is influence. S is steadiness. And C is conscientiousness. <laughs> 
my, my WC hard pronounced word of the week. There it is. But uh, let's say cautious thinker. That's a little bit easier for me. Uh, again, uh, D is dominance. I is influence. S is steady relator. relator and then co- conscious thinker. This helps you understand how you interact with another person. And we all have parts of each one of these four styles in the behavior model. But for me, I'm a high D and a high I, and I tend to be low on the other ones. And wouldn't it be great, as I thought about this, if we would start doing these tests for middle school and and high school and really start getting the kids to understand how they're wired and how they interact with people. Maybe let me know if if your middle schooler or high schooler is doing that these days. The tough thing with the downside of DISC, higher cost. And it really does have to be analyzed by a firm that that knows what they're doing. Although I think there are more firms helping with individual people as well out there. So the other one I mentioned, Strength Finder. I like it because it's simple, low budget. You just buy the book and it helps you identify areas where you or if it's a team that somebody's using it in their work environment. These are areas where you have the greatest potential for building strength. So it measures recurring patterns of thought, emotions, feelings, behavior. And so instead of looking at your weaknesses, right? I think that was one of the ways that we were taught growing up is what what, what are your weaknesses now? Try to fix them. I think we've wasted so much time on that. You can take a weakness and, and try to make it a strength for 40 years. And it, uh, for me, it, golf, I can't, I still this day can't golf. I could probably spend 12 hours a day on golf, but I, it just, doesn't happen. And, and the same thing here, why not find your strength? And that's what Strength Finder does. It, it, it basically has you focus on what's right, what works for you, what's strong about you. Um, and it's from a place of strength for individuals and, and organizations, and they can have significant long-term impact because they're really understanding how each other works. Now there's 34 themes for um, Strength Finders. There's strategic thinking. It's four buckets, strategic thinking, relationship building, uh, what are the other ones? Influencing and executing is how they do it. And for me, I'll just talk about my what they do is identify, again, we all have parts of us on these 34 themes, but they identify what are your three most important ones to you. Mine were uh, futuristic, competition, and strategic. So futuristic, I'm always thinking about what if, what about the future? What can I do? Where can I go? Competition, uh, that's an easy one. Some of us like competition. Some of us don't. Strategic, trying to always figure out where I fit strategically, whether it's with uh, clients, vendors, friends, all that good stuff. And again, there are 34 themes, but it's great. You buy the book, you take it, and it gets gives you lots of, lots of data there. So the last one I'll cover, just real briefly, is the Enneagram one. And it's become more popular. It's one of the newer ones. It only costs, I think, 17 or Maybe it's $19. And what it does is it it's a system of personality typing that describes patterns and how how we all interpret the world and then and then how we manage our emotions. And that's a part I like. And it, what the test does, it describes nine personality types and then it matches each of them on a nine-point diagram. It sounds really confusing, but they actually do a really good job of breaking it out and they use arrows and wings and things like that to, to try to illustrate for you. But I thought I would... Um, simply go through, here we go. I thought I'd talk in, in, in a sense of a couple different ways um, with relationships. For example, I thought it talks about the good and the bad. So I told you I'd be the guinea pig. So mind the good respects their partner's independence, loyal to those they trust, endeavors to deeply understand their partner, 
quirky sense of humor. Now that's just not me. I don't have a quirky sense. <laughs> wow, that was dead on. And then the bad. Difficulty expressing or demonstrating love and affection, withholding information, being secretive. Ooh, that was one of the problems I ran into in the case. I just didn't have enough um, transparency. <laughs> that would have helped a lot. Uh, another one, withdrawing with strong when strong feelings arise, whether positive or negative, can take years. The last part of the bad can take years to trust someone enough to share their thoughts and feelings. So I... As I read through this, I, I really thought the results were pretty good. And I like how they gave specific ideas. And it's a lot of information. It's like 20 pages. And they even I like how they identified what would be my superpowers, my personality superpowers. So first of all, it's opti- optimism. <laughs> There's a shocker. <laughs> I have uh, I have no optimism. No. Uh, futurism, again, that future thing. What if? Um, how can I mold the future? And then improve always looking to improve. And I'm not a, it's interesting because I'm not a perfectionist, but I just like to constantly improve stuff, whether that means to make more money or produce more of a quality product, or just like this podcast, just always trying to improve it wherever I can. Hopefully you guys are liking it. Uh, some of you probably like it. Some of you <laughs> probably hate it. Uh, in, uh, let me switch gears in what we should have done segment. As I mentioned, I'm not going to really get into what we should have done, but I wanted to talk about what it, what what it was about Gramps that he had such this incredible, pleasant personality. It was it was so interesting, and he he would say this thing. I've, I've mentioned it before. He had this saying. He would say to my sister and I, and usually the the setup was we were one of us or both of us were crying. Usually it was me. I would he says me. Usually I was the instigator. Right, I was making my sister cry, and there would be kind of chaos going on. And he would say. Those who love you love to see you smile. Smiling comes so easy. Frowning's not worthwhile. And he would have this grin and, and the way he said it. And, and then he'd say, so smile, smile, smile. And he'd keep saying it until you literally were smiling, crying, kind of start out the crying into the laughing and then laughing. And it was just uh, incredible. I, to this day, I just, I don't know where that came from, but he used it. It was such a great tool. And I write in the book, Gramps would smile and you'd smile back. He lowered lowered his voice and he spoke to you with respect. Once in a while, he'd give you a scary, angry look. He had this, he had this look. You really didn't have to say much, but it was, it was scary. But the smile was coming soon after and you knew he meant business, but it was always done with love, not pain or anger. And that was one of the things he did. He was so good at disciplining without without kind of angry. And I know I still, I lose it sometimes with my kids and that anger comes out. Gramps never did that. He didn't waste his emotion on anger. I continue in the book. He grabbed your hand softly. So you didn't notice that his fingers were callous from years of hard work. Gramps often wore a bespoke jacket and a black band gray fedora. If you've ever seen the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. And if you haven't, there's definitely something wrong with you. It's one of the best movies ever made. It's always on some channel around Thanksgiving or Christmas. And just to give you a feel for kind of how Grandpa dressed, the the main character Jimmy, um, boy, I'm having a a brain moment. Jimmy, I'm forgetting his last name, but uh, the lead actor he wears this type of of jacket and hat, and was popular back in the day. But um, I write he he could Gramps he could look as natural in a tuxedo 
as he did in overalls. He was so clean and organized and made you feel like a bum as a World War II veteran who lived through the Great Depression. Gramps lived by the golden rule with a deep empathy for others and unwavering pride in his country. He really did when I say that. And that was a part of him. He was his likability. He really loved his country. He didn't agree with everything, but he just had this incredible respect for other people and and for the country that, that, that he loved. So I, as I analyzed and I reflected back, I was like, what gave him such a, a great personality, such a pleasant personality? And I thought, I kept thinking about it, and I, I narrowed it down to three factors. Number one was honesty. He was always honest. And if he and if he needed to say something that could be mean or or whatever, or gossipy, he just didn't say anything. It was that old saying, if you have nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. That was him. Second was was uh, service. He served everybody, his neighbors, his church, his company. His uh, He raised a, a daughter by himself. He was just phenomenal at it when it came to serving other people and really going above and beyond putting himself second and everybody else. And then third was he had little to no ego. And that was a tough one for me because one of the things for me growing up and even becoming an entrepreneur was your ego and and mind getting ballooned and crazy and and doing some of the taking some of the risks that I did. But he didn't. He didn't care what you thought about his career. He was a, a electrician for gosh, 40 some years, most of those with the the same company. He didn't care how much money he made or what car he drove. He just really looked at at what he felt inside and, and, and what how he looked in the eyes of God. That was it. Those three things, that honesty, service, and just little to no ego. Just a quick break to let you know that today's podcast is sponsored by the Amazon Associates Program, which is one of the largest affiliate networks in the world that helps content creators, publishers, and website owners monetize their traffic. Inspiration this week, uh, soccer. Uh, who says people don't make a lot of money in soccer? We'll talk about that. But Lionel Messi, if you know, he, uh, first of all, if you, people don't know this, but at age 11, he was cut from his soccer team. I tell my kids all the time, it's not, it's not where you start or where you're at, it's where you finish. And it was because he was too small. He was diagnosed with a growth hormone deficiency, which made him a lot smaller than the other kids. So Messi didn't let it stop him. Instead, week after week, I guess it was week after week and day after day, he would he would take um hormone. He would he would actually inject himself with growth hormones. And he did this seven days in one leg and I guess seven days in the other leg for roughly six years. So if you know Messi, apparently his foresight and persistence paid off. He's actually one of the highest paid soccer players in the world. He has a net worth of about 400 million and he's considered one of the best ever. If you get a chance during the world cup, watch him. Uh, but, but remember how he was as a kid and keep telling that to your kids. And just remember you can, you can overcome these health issues and uh, have your comeback and not only your comeback, but to uh, be an inspiration for other people as of course, Messi has been for probably now hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of kids. If it, if it wasn't for the coffee, I'd have no identifiable personality whatsoever. That was uh, David Letterman. If you've ever, you've ever, ever got a chance to see the David Letterman show, it was good stuff back in the day. Again, I'm a dinosaur, but uh, I guess you can probably see it on YouTube or whatever. <laughs> but what can you do with the, the results? So the important thing is you go out, you take one of these tests. The biggest, I think the biggest thing that you can do 
is, and again, they've gotten better at telling you what to do, but how do you implement that into your day-to-day life? How do you implement it into your goals and your long-term strategies and, and where you're going? And again, it's not that, oh, it says I need to change from A to B. It's more of these are the hot buttons or these are emotional things. And maybe why you're struggling in some of your relationships or why you don't get along with your boss or your business partner or whatever it might be. But just make sure that you you use that data. You take it, um, take the information as, a, as an example, the Enneagram one, they have like 20 pages of things and data and information and, and feedback. But take that and how do I implement maybe one or two things to, to maybe, again, not change, but focus on what are my strengths? What am I really good at and how can I expand that? How can I make that better in relationships? How can I be a better friend, a better mate, a better business partner? How can I listen better? How can I interact? All that good stuff. So I hope, uh, I hope you enjoyed today. I know it was, uh, kind of a short week. I wanted to cover personalities. And again, just that when you have that awareness, as we talked about at the beginning with the different ones, disc and strength finder and uh, Enneagram, it, when you have a, a better awareness of yourself, I think that's your opportunity to have better relationships, to engage people better, all that good stuff. So again, use that data. And then uh, I covered um, Graham's personality, those three factors and how pleasant he was. It's it's hard to believe he really never gossiped about anybody. And he had just this great way of of interacting. And probably back in the day for him, it was just nothing special. It was just how he was. But Good stuff. Talked about uh, Messi and his uh, comeback from some childhood problems to become credible soccer player. Again, catch uh, catch him, uh, I think, in the professional leagues. I'm not big on that. I, I watch little kids soccer <laughs> these days, but of course, the World Cup. And then finally, please uh, implement those ideas, especially when it comes to understanding your own emotions and how you interact with other people. Just a, a great show today. I hope you enjoyed it trying different topics. Please keep the emails coming. If you have ideas on things I can cover, I did have uh, an idea come in last week that I'm going to implement. So anyways, thank you so much. This is WC Young. Remember, sometimes the best way to help the world is to make mistakes. Goodbye for now. If you enjoyed this cast, you must check out the website, unlikelyfelon.com. You can buy WC's new book, sign up for the newsletter, and see his speaking engagement schedule.